You're listening to Artemis Projects podcast with Belgrade-based filmmaker, performer, video artist Anja Dimitrievich, whom I skyped on the 17th of May 2020 during the COVID-19 lockdowns. We spoke about the online education, experiences, performances, connections, and the new art languages that are emerging as the result of the physical distancing. We inquired about the state of our bodies in increasingly digitized world, and what are some of the ways to keep our bodies and our senses active and alive while engaged with the screen. We also spoke about Anja's recent dance video, Blokovi, made during the social isolation and featuring the building and the neighborhood in which she grew up and where she currently lives. Towards the very end of this podcast, I asked Anja to describe the COVID-19 experience in three words. The first thought I have is having small steps. I was also curious to know what are her hopes for the future and where would she like to see the humanity go. But before all that, let's find out where Anya is right now and what her current experience of COVID-19 is. Ciao Ira. Ciao. Is Belgrade still in isolation? Well, actually, we're starting now to have a little bit normality. People are actually outside without the masks, so I'm a bit worried about the next um, weeks. There are still people that are that are worried and mostly in the closed uh, spaces they have to wear masks and gloves. But if you just go outside in the parks, people are pretty relaxed. How is it in Australia in Sydney? We are releasing the lockdown and people are outside. So there is a bit of fear that it might come back, but then you don't know as well. So yeah, it's a bit... Um, It feels like the world has gone upside down in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. And how has it been feeling for you, this um, isolation and everything? Well, um, at the very start, it was really strange because uh, when when it all started, I just came back from Russia and I needed to uh, go from Moscow to Venice afterwards. But um, at that exact moment, everything changed, so I needed to come back to Belgrade. And um, in that moment, the government um, published uh, this decision to have the self-isolation of uh, not anymore 14 days, but uh, 28 days. Oh, wow. And I needed to remain at, uh, at home for four weeks, and it was really, like, after two weeks, it became uh, really hard. Because mm-hmm. I, I, we're having like an apartment, I couldn't go anywhere outside. I mean, just on the terrace, but still. 
it became a little bit heavy to stay the whole time at the same place. And uh, I remember the first day I uh, went outside after the four weeks of self-isolation. Uh, that was really strange for me to see the the real world, you know? Like I was watching the, the screens too much. And I felt um, in a way bad also because I, I kind of uh, wanted to use the time in... Um, in a good way, but still, um, with all of the online courses and many stuff that happened in this period, uh, like online, it became somehow addictive. <laughs> and when I when I started to go out, I saw the colors in a different way, and it was just strange. And what do you mean was addictive? Like staring at the screen? Is that what you have in mind? Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, I read your text um, that you published recently and um, I agree totally with uh, with all of the problems that uh, emerge from the text. You know, we, we want to be connected and um, there are so many new possibilities and new stuff happening uh, in this time during the virus. So many films that are put online specially for this occasion, so many conferences, so many things that uh, are gonna be like online just for a couple of weeks, you know, or a couple of months. In a way, it's now the time to watch them all and that became addictive. I realized that my days are just passing by and um, it's not good to stay so many hours on, uh, on the screen. And uh, has your body been feeling it? Like, how are you feeling physically as a result of all that? Well, that's something that is also an interesting question, but um, with the work I was doing at the Biennale, I kind of got used to be fixed in one place. So it wasn't something that I felt heavy during this period, also because now I'm in my space. I actually find it interesting that I am in one place, but I'm not always still. So sometimes I am also like doing yoga while listening to some conference or doing other things while I'm just having my computer on. And that is something that I also, in a way, prefer during this period, because uh, when I would like go to theoretical courses at my university, then I would have to be still. Now I'm more more free in that way. That is something that uh, is like a positive thing that happened with this period. Do you mean that during the class you're actually moving around? Yeah, sometimes actually I do. So do you keep your camera off so the teacher doesn't see you? Yeah, usually we do not have the camera on. That's also something in a way relieving. We are like uh, usually 40 that are uh, listening to the lessons. As it's a huge number of people and a springtime period where the storms are very frequent, sometimes we have a bad connection. So yeah, actually we have the cameras off, but I'm also like very active. I'm still listening, you know. Then when I want to say something, just come next to the computer and ask my question or tell something that I think. So it's it's interesting to, to not be seen, you know. <laughs> Not being seen and being able to move around, do you find it easy to concentrate on the content? 
Well, it also depends on the origin of the lessons. I'm following two courses at the university, they are cinema and uh, choreography. If they're like showing the videos, then I have to be like, of course, more concentrated. I mean, I have to like watch the movies. Our lessons are usually two or four hours, so it's a really long period to be connected on the screen. So I kind of make different time schedules, as I really cannot physically stay, for example, four hours still in front of the computer, then I sometimes just decide not to uh, listen to some parts or to like be so concentrated for the whole period. Also because when I think about the lessons, we also have like four hours lessons, but there are many, many pauses. While we are on the screen, we do not have any time breaks. So we have like the four-hour conference that is like never-ending, you know. I remember that at the very start, it was very hard to follow. It's interesting that you said when um, you went out first time after these four weeks of self-isolation that you saw colors differently. How would you describe that in a bit more detail and how would you explain that to yourself? I remember going outside and seeing the grass and seeing this really radiant color green that is actually also something very normal for the spring period. It was eight years that I was living in Venice and in Venice there are much less nature so it was um, connected to this self-isolation screen, but also my eight uh, past years living in, in, the, in the city where you just see the buildings and the, and the sea, so other colors. So I was really amazed by this radiant green. And I, I just uh, found myself wondering how, how long I was like uh, just without it, you know. Are you planning to go back to Venice to continue studying or what is the situation like at the moment in Europe and especially when it comes to going to Italy? That's a tricky question. Everybody asks me now, um, but actually I, I have no idea. I mean, I would really like to go back. It was not a proper goodbye, you know. I haven't decided by myself, so somehow I still feel that um, there are... Uh, things that are unfinished. But on the other way, the university is not going to be any more physically present for this year, even uh, in September, because Italy is really in a bad position in, in this moment. Then I do not have any place where to stay anymore. I am not having... Uh, I mean, I have all my things still in Italy, but I don't have any, any house anymore. And then there is the, uh, the problem of the job, because uh, in this moment they're having a, a big economical crisis. So any, everything is uncertain. Two days ago there was this um, chemical industry that uh, had um, a big uh, fire. It is very near to Venice, it's in Marghera, the small city that is like in front of Venice. As those chemical substance is also very toxic, people couldn't uh, even go outside or they couldn't even open their windows, you know. 
So uh, it seems that in this moment, really, Venice is having um, very, very hard uh, attacks uh, from like all the ways and all all the all the time because it it started in November with uh, with the high tide and then with this virus and then with this fabric and uh, yeah, it's really strange. Mm. And you're now staying uh, in your family's apartment with your parents and your brother. Is that what your situation is like at the moment? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I'm actually really happy to stay with my family in this time. I think that I would be so worried if not. In some way, I'm also glad that in this uncertain moment, I'm actually here. Yeah, that's understandable. I have one question that's a bit of a conceptual question and it comes from an artwork by a Croatian artist called Petra Mersha and she had this exhibition called What About the Body um, which was before Corona happened and she was um, kind of reflecting on the state of our bodies how too much time is spent with technology and what is happening with the body and then she had a questionnaire as part of it. One of the questions is... uh, if you could describe movement of your body in one physical activity you have done today? Yeah, that's also an interesting question. There is one project that I'm attending to, uh, and it's uh, Diary of a Move, with an artist that is um, half Italian, half Japanese. She's also trying to push these kind of questions, to like make uh, the participant think about exactly this state of body in the period of corona. So um, I'm actually uh, having like lots of examples of, of the movements I'm trying to um, develop. I'm trying mostly to have the relation of the movements in my room, as I'm interested, and you know that, uh, in the space, so in the um, concept of the space and also in the concept of how the space can modify itself, how the perception of of the space can modify with the body. I'm trying to find many different perspectives and uh, possibilities of this small space I'm living in, and I'm trying to live it in all the different uh, ways I, I can imagine. Every day is different. One exact example is that I'm really working a lot uh, with the floor, this is something that is very present in my work. And what inspires you to connect to the ground? I just feel comfortable on the ground. And then I also remember that the floor was something that I used a lot in my childhood. And uh, yeah, so I'm just feeling free to use it again. You said that you also watched a lot of things online. Yeah. Have you watched any live performances online? Actually, I, I haven't watched any live performances, but I have watched a lot of documented performances that uh, I already wanted to watch, but that are put online in this period. And also, I watched a lot of conferences that are speaking about the theatre in this moment and the difficulties that it is approaching. Also, we have these kinds of conversation at the university the possible ideas of how to defend ourselves uh, as artists in this period. Imagining different kinds of approaching theatre that is not in the presence of the people, like physical presence, but in the presence 
some different kinds of mediums and having the similar experience so having like different ways of approaching the people one of the examples that comes to my mind is like a kind of scores that people should uh, follow while watching uh, a conference or while watching uh, a theater play this is something that i find uh, interesting because it is like interdisciplinary and it is totally different from the classical way of thinking theater but it is also getting you involved in the process mm so it's like a participatory theater but through the online world exactly mm and you how about you have you uh, watched something in like live and have you participated at uh, any participatory online performance i did i tried a dance class with a girl from belgrade with whom i danced when i lived in belgrade for a while i loved going to her classes in belgrade so i was quite excited that i can now do a class with her online but i did it only once and i didn't enjoy it i have to say i just um, really disliked the idea of needing to stare at a screen while i dance it just didn't feel very pleasant the radiating screen while i'm trying to be in my body so i felt like my consciousness was a bit split from two different things that i was trying to achieve I'm also studying at the moment so I'm spending quite a lot of time already close to the screen. I'm trying in the times when I'm not studying to step away from the screen. So I'm finding it really hard to actually have energy to be next to the screen whenever I don't have to. So although I would like to see performances and participating things i'm just dreading any additional second that i have to spend staring at the screen is just um really hard so whenever i have a break from that i go for a walk or i read a book or sit in the garden but on the other hand i also had because of this an opportunity to take part in a workshop in croatia it was like a zoom workshop in poetry and movement and that was quite inspiring i ended up writing some poetry and creating a video so some good things are coming out of it a new ways of thinking and lateral ways of thinking and have you ever used to have this kind of online experiences before corona in the terms of following the videos uh, of some kinds of movement like tutorials or something like that and if you have like followed some kinds of experiences that are participatory but online i don't think so i spent a lot of time by computer by the nature of some things that i do such as writing editing podcast so nature of my profession or creativity has always involved lots of time spent in front of the screen during this period another thing that i'm doing more well the only way i'm doing it is uh, recording this podcast through skype 
Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would probably be doing it with local artists and we would be meeting face to face. Yeah, but to come to your question, I don't think I participated in anything that was like that. Have you? Has it been happening at all before? I don't, I don't even feel like it was possible. Yeah, I would also say that it wasn't so frequent in the terms of participatory conferences and theatre. But I remember that I started in 2016, actually, to follow a yoga. Um, I remember that at the very start, I wasn't so happy. I, I couldn't really easily follow yoga online. But um, step by step, I somehow uh, got really um, comfortable with her voice and with all the things she's doing. And uh, it became really a nice moment of the day. Somehow this uh, work of hers helped me really a lot in in the period of Corona because she has like really lots of content and it's really interesting and she's not so much into the exoteric part of all the yoga and meditation stuff. She's really much more into just hearing your body and um, trying to to be who you are. I found her content very useful during this time Mm. so basically what you're suggesting is that um, it takes a bit of time to get used to but as you said step by step you become comfortable with these things online and they become more natural and I guess that's going to be happening things that are a bit strange and jarring at the moment will just slowly get used to them and there will be a new normal you know online theaters and all sorts of things that will be happening will just become the way that we will be experiencing art. And and I guess we will also, and you are already talking about it, that you are already studying different ways of creating content in performing art. So I feel that new generations will even think differently about a way to create things. Exactly. I I know that we have lots of discussions about this at the university. Very famous artists and theatre makers are saying that theatre is not possible online. But somehow I I would like to think that it's not in a way true because it shouldn't be the only possible way. We shouldn't risk again to find ourselves in this period and have the all cultural field uh, uncovered, you know, because it is really the the most uh, uncertain and unbalanced field in the, in the whole society. And there are many, many people struggling in this moment. So finding the creative ways of uh, still approaching people or still having like a possibility to do their job in a different way, I think it's really important. Mm. How will we be selling tickets for the online performances? There are like these online um, rent-a-film platforms or also festivals. It is, of course, a bit strange to have like a ticket for a festival that is online. But if it is in a way cheap, under 10 euros, people still, I think, participate. We participated to a festival in Canada in March with our film Intertidal Barene. We wanted to go to Canada because we were invited to this festival, but at the very end, of course, uh, everything changed and the festival uh, remained just online. So um, at the festival, they gave us the password to see all of the videos. 
people would uh, buy the ticket. For that festival, it was a bit expensive. It was like $30 for the whole festival, even though there were like 200 films. But I know that there are lots of other platforms that are also much more cheap that give you the opportunity to watch the film even for days, you know, to to have the possibility not only to, to watch it once. So I think it could be a, a good way of uh, making it. What about the experience of watching things on your own through online, through internet, as opposed to going to a venue with a few other people, sharing that experience with others and then having a discussion about that after the performance? Well, this is something that also got changed a lot. I really prefer to watch alone the things I I like or I'm interested in. I'm more concentrated or I can watch it for how many times I want. But on the other way, I also felt much more lonely. Of course, it's totally different when you watch a movie with a friend and then afterwards you just go and uh, have a discussion about it. And I find it much uh, less possible in, in this period to really have these kinds of conversations also online. People just do not want to stay online more than they have to, you know. You have been for the last few years making dance films or dance video art. So you have already been working with this live performing medium of dance and you have been turning it into a video content and i guess we'll be seeing more and more of that being created if the spaces for physical dance will be difficult to access is that what you're predicting that we'll see more of that yeah, somehow I think that my interest of creating all the video dance is and was actually somehow, um, I wouldn't say really predicting, but somehow I felt that uh, our society is just more and more going online. I mean, I'm really trying also to defend and concern the normal and classical way of making theatre very important, but I'm just thinking that... Uh, it would be necessary to learn to get along also with this this new technical stuff and just having like a new language, you know. It is, for me, it's just a new language. It's not going to be the only possible content. But there is another thing of, of saying it. I mean, there are like lots of performances that are just documented. And um, if I watch them as movies, it is in a way boring to watch. So, of course, if you watch it with a background of dance or theater and you have to watch it in a different terms of analyzing it, you, you just watch different things. But I just um, think about main public. It's not so easy that people go to watch the documentations of theater performances that are not interesting to watch. I think a lot about editing, you know. I just think that it is also necessary to have that part also covered. And when you document theater or dance performances, I think it is necessary to think them in the terms of film objects. Yeah, absolutely. But what about because of the style of films that you make, 
and I always like to speak of them in terms of maybe more like video art and often it comes across as a video or a potential video installation when I say that of course video installation means that it might be shown in a gallery context as a big projection across the whole wall or presented in some idiosyncratic unusual way so not necessarily in a cinema context and I guess we might be also entering an era of galleries being closed which means that your art will be potentially only seen either through our own individual screens because maybe even cinemas won't be open so I guess uh, there is a loss in that sense as well. How, are you, do you have any thoughts around that? Have you been thinking about these modes of presentation that are being maybe lost or endangered? Absolutely. This is another very important element that I'm always thinking while um, trying to conceive a piece or edit it. I, in this moment, don't have an exact answer, but I would like to open it uh, for a new future and, uh, and uh, a new ways of thinking about approaching film, theatre and dance. I'd like to talk to you a bit about the most recent film that you made and in Serbian language it's called Blokovi, which I guess in English we could translate as either blocks or maybe even grids. What would you prefer? How would you prefer to think of it in English? Well, I was just concerned about the name grids, if it could be like perceived with the negative side effect of the term, you know? The grids of prison or to the grids in a way of organizing the city in those terms of communism background that it has. So maybe blocks... Still, I'm not sure about that name, but would be for a start better for what I what I want to to make of that film. Just to explain, also, I was I found this call of International Video Dance of Burgundy. They were seeking for videos that are up to three minutes, and that were made uh, in this home isolation. I wanted to use only the uh, enclosure space of my building and to make it somehow dynamic. And then uh, there was the concern of the sound. I made uh, three different soundtracks a year ago that were actually connected to this idea. An idea that I have for some time that I would like to make a video in Belgrade uh, that would be a dance video and that would be like uh, connected to the buildings of Belgrade. And then when we met last July, it somehow uh, was the first step to really do it, you know, like in the terms of collaboration and in the terms of uh, having a dialogue about it. But in that moment, I already had some of the thoughts and I already had these tracks that are also in, uh, actually, they're still in the experimentation. I'm not sure if I'm going to use them, like, at the very end of the film, but uh, I just wanted to see where it goes and uh, try to make uh, more alive these creative inputs. It helps me sometimes to, to just start... But the sound came after the videos were filmed. Actually, the soundtracks were made uh, before. 
But um, firstly, I put the videos, I started editing them, and then I remembered those soundtracks. When I put them together, it somehow worked. So then I worked on editing with the music, but at the very start I, I had like a one minute video that was just uh, the video, then I put the music and then I started to make more open uh, this dialogue between the, the image and the sound. Yeah, that's what I meant. I didn't express it properly, that uh, the music wasn't made for the film initially. You didn't dance or move to that music when you were filming it. Exactly. So when you were moving, you were moving to the ambient sounds, to the silence of the space? Exactly. And what was the choreography? Or do you even think of it in terms of choreography? Or how would you describe the kinds of movements that you do in this video? I do think about the choreography, even though it is not completely articulated in the choreographic terms. In a way, I think about choreography sequences. Uh, for example, I decide that uh, I'm going to work on the steps and then I try to think about one, two or three choreography sequences that could be made at that space. And then we also, with my director of photography, uh, start to think about different positions or where it could be seen. So I first think about the movement and then about the positions of the camera in the terms of how we created this. Uh, exact video was made by uh, thinking a lot about where we're watching it and then like different positions of, of the moment and the vision of the video camera. Mm -hmm. And the shapes of the movements, the way that body moves, were they in some way inspired by the shapes of the architecture of the space? Absolutely. I'm trying always to figure it out how it could be uh, inspired by the space, by the forms of the space, by their rectangular lines and uh, linearity of the architecture. I'm also trying to find these more organic connections between the sequences. This is something that is a bit hard while having to perform it and having to watch it. It's sometimes difficult to be a director and a performer, because while I'm performing it, I'm not seeing it in a neutral way. In this project, I, I firstly wanted to have a performer with whom I would like to work, but again, it got really complicated to meet for all those times when we wanted to, and uh, it just became more easier to, to again just do it. Mm -hmm. And this building that we are seeing is the building where you are living in at the moment and the building you grew up in. Yeah, this is the building where I live in and uh, there is this ending sequence uh, that I imagine the things I'm watching from my window, even though those buildings are like around my building. I mean, it's all of the buildings that are near to my building, so it is not just uh, the one I'm watching. But I wanted to have the focus on uh, the buildings and not only on the park that I'm actually watching from my window. The call-out of this particular festival was to send something that was made in home isolation. But then you also said that you wanted to make it dynamic. How would you reflect on this concept of dynamism in, in that sense? What do you have in mind when you speak about it being dynamic? When I said it, I thought about this 
term of home isolation as no just suspension. So in a way I wanted to use the movement in a dynamic way as like uh, having this space that is in a way rhythmical. I wasn't so interested to work on um, my personal state of emotions. I just wanted to make it more joyful. Joyful, more rhythmic, more dynamic in that terms. Yeah. And why did you go for a shaky camera at times? At the beginning, the camera shakes a bit. And then also when we come to the outside of the space, when we exit the space and we actually see the surrounding buildings, the camera shakes again. What was that choice about? About the shaky camera, there are a couple of things to say. So that would be maybe more an imprint of my friend who was collaborating with me. I was a bit concerned at the beginning, but uh, then I found it um, an interesting way of doing something different of the things I did before. I tried also to make it not an error, but a moving tool of uh, all the dancing part, actually. So and at the very start, we see this uh, kind of unfocused and then focused and the shake of the camera while I'm going down the steps and watching the the background of uh, the interior of the building. In a way, it was interesting for me to see also this kind of dialogue between the shaky camera and the movement I was doing. I tried to select the parts that were interesting in those terms of a dialogue between two movements. Were there any visual references or influences that you maybe even subconsciously had in mind when you were creating this? Any artists that were kind of crossing your mind or their styles or anything like that that you maybe even recognize upon reflection? Well, my whole interest on the screen dance is much connected with the choreographic work of Tana Teresa de Kapsmaker. And I think it's my first inspiration on those terms of Yeah, mostly the movement too, even though I know that my experience is not in only the terms of choreographic, so I I cannot totally say for myself that I'm a choreographer. I just try to put more things together and to create a choreography between the elements of the space, of the editing and the movement. So also the filmmaker Terry DeMay is a huge inspiration in those terms all of the dynamic that uh, that he uses in the editing of his films. And then um, while I was in Moscow, there were lots of architectural sites that were, of course, very similar to this part of uh, New Belgrade. And uh, I found uh, different musical groups that uh, also inspired me uh, maybe actually to move. I, even though I wasn't moving on uh, on those uh, kinds of music, still it was uh, an inspiration to to the whole work. So you mean like musical influences from Russia? Not only from Russia, but also from the uh, Yugoslavia in the 80s. I really like this electro-pop uh, and synthetic pop. In my mind, um, it is very connected to the aesthetics of uh, the cement that is very frequent uh, in New Belgrade. 
even though it is actually not the only material that is seen in this area of Belgrade. I mean, there are lots of connections with nature in New Belgrade, just much more than in the central part of it. That was something that we couldn't really approach in the terms of filming it, because we started filming it during the winter, so it was just not so visible, you know. But actually we are having much more connection to the nature here than uh, it is uh, really in the center part of the Belgrade. When you speak about these musical influences, when you danced, when you moved in this video that you were creating, were you playing that in some ways in your head? Was it kind of echoing in the background? I started rehearsing with this um, kinds of music before we were filming, but it was just something that was one way of getting inspired. As I wasn't really dancing during the real filming on that kind of music, I wouldn't say that uh, it was a direct connection with the music. When you dance, for example, for this project you were mentioning to me earlier called Diary of the Move, where you explore your daily movements during isolation, do you, in those circumstances dance to music or without it what are your preferences what do you find yourself doing at the very start i used to use much more music but it was just because of the period i was in in my daily life i do not listen to the music for the whole time I just have uh, some uh, weeks that I like to listen it much more than others that I just like the silence. So somehow in my diary of the move in this whole month, it was a similar thing. It just came naturally to stop at one point uh, to have uh, the sounds and try to make movements that were more just hearing the real sounds of my place and also like hearing my uh, natural state of thoughts and emotions. It became much more intimate, I discovered. It also became different. I mean, at the first I had like a very uh, present dimension of the music and um, it, it somehow uh, influenced my movements. And when I just stopped, it was more... It was again, uh, those sequences have a beginning and an ending. It is interesting to watch them, but it became just more a dialogue with my body. In silence, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm. How about you? Do you usually like prefer to have the music or to dance in the silence? Well, lately I'm dancing or moving in silence. I don't really have a need for music for some reason. And I'm actually writing a piece on dancing in silence. So that's why I was interested in asking you, because I've been talking to quite a few people about this phenomena of why quite a lot of dancers prefer dancing in silence, which might be a surprise to people from the outside who tend to associate dance to music. So for me, even when I started thinking about it, it was kind of an interesting phenomena, I guess that dancers prefer to develop choreographies in silence and then music often comes after. 
It is very interesting also because, um, as I was saying, that my main inspiration is Ana Teresa de Kersmaker. Um, she's working a lot with the choreography and the music, but she's really studying the music in the terms of analyzing all elements of the music. She makes a dance that, in a way, becomes a visualizing of the music. So it, in a way, becomes like another layer that still has its own um, integrity and authenticity. But um, it is very interesting how she makes the dialogue with, uh, with the music and dance. Do you know anyone writing, maybe, any texts that speak about this idea of dancing in silence? There is another dancer and choreographer whose name is uh, Yasmin Hugonet. She's much more inspired to Isadora Duncan's uh, kind of trance state. She's working a lot in silence and also in this kind of motionless state of being. Uh, and uh, it, uh, it can, uh, in, uh, in a way, become a bit difficult to understand it at first glance, but Watching it becomes a real experience. I guess it is much more stronger to watch these kind of things physically present than in the video. But maybe I'm wrong, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure, yeah. I just think these kind of presences are more strong when in the same space uh, as the dancer is. Mm. And Isidora Duncan, she danced to silence? Is that what you're referring to? Well, Isidora Duncan was the first who introduced this motionless state of the body. I'm not sure because there's still not many video recordings. I mean, there there is only one uh, video recordings of uh, Isidora Duncan in her late years dancing that we, like a society, have. I haven't studied a lot about her, but I know just that she she was one of the first who introduced this kind of state of the body that is motionless. That's interesting. I'll have a bit of a research of that. But to come back to a few other questions, I was wanting to ask you, because you've been making video art and dance films for a few years now, and you made quite a few films of quite a beautiful success, I would say. How would you compare where you are now in terms of skill for example, in editing and understanding how to approach the edit, how has it changed and in what ways is it easier and quicker and what is there still to learn and develop if you would compare it to yourself at the very beginnings of this process? I still think that for me, editing is very intuitive um, method of expressing different kinds of content. I have an experience of editing not only the video dance, but also different kinds of conferences and um, other kinds of contents. So it also changes a lot on which kind of material do you have and which kind of messages do you want to express. I find it really fun to do. Um, somehow it's very strange to think about editing because my my I don't know if I told you that my father actually is also a professor at the faculty yeah. of dramatic arts and he he is a professor of filming montage and uh, he never actually taught me to do it but somehow it just came to me naturally 
I know that when we watch films together, sometimes he has some kinds of feedbacks of uh, how something is uh, is told. And uh, I know that I became more aware with him on these kinds of elements of making film. I have actually never had a proper practical course on editing. Uh, I did lots of practical courses in my university that involved video, but we would have uh, like a conversations with our professors and then all of the knowledge of editing would actually emerge in those uh, moments. It is something similar as writing, you know? More you do, more you are good in it, in a way. I mean, you express your thoughts more easily by doing more writing. So somehow I think that in editing it is, uh, in a way, similar. More, more you have different materials and more you are into it, you became more um, natural to this kind of language. Uh, I would also like to uh, develop different kinds of collages with After Effects that I'm still not uh, very good at. Yeah, that would be something like a next step that I would like to try to figure it out. And then there is another thing that I'm also interested in that is a documentary film. I really love the documentary field. It is a an, very interesting um, film expression. It is also very difficult because it... Um, brings the question of the gays much more evident and much more politically concerned and much more politically oriented in a way. Political in terms of who is saying and what. So this is something that um, I would like to also do next. And this is something when I was saying at the very start of this conversation about Venice, somehow I still feel that I have some unfinished work I, I would like to make a film that would be more into documentary-like uh, field uh, in, uh, in that city in this moment. That sounds beautiful. That would be really interesting if you would do that. Thank you. I really, like, I really hope to have the opportunity to, to go back and uh, have my creative uh, period for some while still there and then, then to really see like, what is next. Mm. That's another thing that you do and you were speaking about being in Russia recently and I know that you were supposed to go and maybe it's still in, on the cards to go to Bulgaria in July and um, various other places. So you do travel a lot and I guess all that is a bit um, up in the air as well. What is the future of traveling yeah, and um, I'm really worried. I mean, I don't want to be worried less like an uh, anxious worries. Uh, to, I don't want to have those anxious worries uh, about the whole situation. There were lots of plans, but there are not anymore. And um, I'm starting to be a little bit concerned more about the future possible jobs that I will have this year or I will not have. So now I'm also a bit... Um, uh, worried about this financial dimension of of the whole thing and um, but yeah I just uh, want to be more practical and not uh, more because I have this tendency to have like anxious thoughts and then to just block and I don't want to enter in that dimension hopefully mm. yeah I mean I think it's quite natural to feel those things even if we wouldn't have those tendency I think the situation is pretty um 
weird is probably the word to use and it's unusual and and everything is really turned upside down so it's just orienting ourselves in this um, new way of living i guess A last question or one of the last questions I'd like to ask you is around feedback to the work. You create video art and you send it into this festival and it's screened online. And as a filmmaker, I guess now especially, you don't really get, I'm imagining, I might be wrong, you don't get that much feedback. If you were in the festival with people, maybe you would get a sense of what they thought, maybe they would approach you and talk to you. How is that working right now? And what would you like to receive as a filmmaker in terms of dialogue around your work? I'm very happy when I see any reaction to the work I do, because then I just feel that it exists, you know. I somehow feel that when uh, the work is already done and it is published, it is not the end of it. When it resonates, it uh, means to me that it is alive. So I'm extremely happy to have uh, to have these conversations with you. And uh, it was uh, really a surprise for me when, uh, when you wrote me after the exhibition in Belgrade that you have the interest to meet me and have the conversation start. It was a big, also motivating part to think of what comes next. And um, it was only with you that that you actually wrote to me and that that we started a conversation. After which we had um, projections, the screenings on different other festivals. And then when we had this uh, screening that was just at the online platform in Canada, we found the film of one artistic duo that is from Finland. And um, these two Finland filmmakers are actually also choreographers. And they made a film that was really, in the terms of its nature, uh, very similar to Intertidal Barene. After seeing that movie, I wrote to my friend Laura, with whom I was uh, in for the whole period of making Intertitle Barene. I asked her if she was also interested to have like a Zoom conference with, with those two filmmakers that were in the festival. And the festival gave me the contact of both of them, so we managed up to have a small Skype conversation. During that opportunity, we had uh, vice versa kinds of feedbacks and things that uh, they said about our film, we said about their film, and we still had this moment of uh, seeking for other artists, having the conversation in uh, in the terms of kinds of making the film, creative decisions. We talked a lot about um, a specific approaching the place, approaching the gaze, approaching the movement, the sound, how they work together, all of the things that we had um, we'd had to manage up together too. And it was really inspiring conversation. It just somehow happens rarely to, to really have the people with whom you have the possibility to conversate with uh, in the details like this. Mm. 
that's lovely that those kind of things come up from the online festival or any festival or, you know, live exhibition or online exhibition, these connections and collaborations and dialogues and conversations, because that's really an oxygen in a way to keep doing things, to have this, as you said, this resonance that the things that you make have a resonance and somebody wants to engage in conversation around that is something that keeps us all going, I guess. Absolutely. And uh, I also thought a lot about it, uh, how we managed to really connect with them. And uh, I'm not sure if actually it would happen if um, we would all go to Canada and watch the films, you know. It maybe wouldn't really happen like that. Maybe we would meet uh, other people. Still, of course, as it was online, we uh, we didn't have an opportunity to speak with anybody of uh, those filmmakers. And it wasn't really easy even to get those contacts of the people, you know, of those two filmmakers. I mean, they needed to have like their approval. So we needed to also wait for a couple of days. And it was, of course, very reasonable to ask them and to wait a little bit. But again, after all, it was really astonishing that we had this kind of conversation and very useful to let us know how they worked and um, let them know which were the problems of our location. Mm. I'd like to finish this talk asking you what would be the three words that would come to your mind as a way of describing the situation that we are in by that, I mean the situation of coronavirus, of social distancing, of isolation. Oh, that's a very inspiring question. Um, should it be like three thoughts or three words? I'll leave it to you to decide what you feel like doing. Well, um, well then I would say... The first thought I have is uh, like having small steps. So small steps would be the first one. Somehow it was something that uh, really helped me a lot to plan ahead the whole period and not to feel just in a suspense. Then um, I would say listening. Listening because I really try to concentrate and to listen to my body, what it seeks, what uh, it wants, what it doesn't want. I try to have um, the whole period much more in a dialogue because it. I just didn't have any fixed duties that I needed to do. I could uh, decide what I wanted to do also because most of the conferences that I had at the university at the very start, were also recorded, so I could also like just watch it after, or listen to it. And then um, I would say creativity. For me, it was a creative period, and not only in the terms of uh, making things, but also in the terms of thinking things thinking things and just writing down all the ideas that I would or should do after the isolation period. It is good to have a little bit of laziness because it gives us the time and um, energy to then afterwards start and work. Mm. 
And what would be the three, uh, maybe, maybe I could call them hopes for the future that you would have, direction that you would like to see we go in as a humanity? That's also a very, very interesting question. And uh, I was thinking about it, but not in the terms of an exact three terms, but I will try to put in the words now. Well, uh, everybody is speaking about the new normality because they are saying that the past was not normal. So if we are going to have a new normality, I hope that we are going to have or we are going to seek a new normality. What I think about that is also like having more time for ourselves. I really hope that people will in a way deny and try to protect their own space and time because I think that um, we were just more and more in the system everybody were trying to seek the workaholic way of life I'm not sure that it is going to really happen but still it is a hope and then I also hope for a cleaning or a purification I hope that um, these specific examples of the earth being cleansed or being purified are gonna be the warnings of the civilization that actually it is us that are making the damage. I just really hope that um, in the ecological terms the people are gonna become more aware of how in these two months the whole planet had had a really good effect on the on, on the environment by not having us. <laughs> I'm not sure if the third thought is like a real thought, but um, I have an, a friend who is very much into astrology. And uh, I remember that she told me in December of 2019 that this year is going to be so crazy. And I really couldn't imagine that it's going to be like this. But somehow I was already mentally prepared that it is going to be crazy. So after that, I started to seek a little bit more about these astrological things, what were predictions for the 2020. I found a very interesting thing that was like, um, I'll try to explain in English, like it is... um, as if till now we had seen the, our world in the... You know when you do the photographs, when you develop it, and then you see it like in the negative, you know? So uh, as we have seen the whole reality in the negative till now, and now we are having the transformative moment from which we will see the world in, the, in its truth, whatever it means. I think that it's really interesting to have the notion of the truth. And in a way, I hope, uh, even though it could be painful, I just am more interested to see the truth. That was Artemis Projects podcast. Thank you for listening. For more about our projects, head to artemisprojects.com.au This podcast was produced on the Gadigal land of Eora Nation, traditional custodians of the land, and we pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging.